This episode is brought to you by Follow My Steps. Follow My Steps is a nonprofit organization that I am very proud to serve on the board of. And this organization is very special. It helps under-resourced youth through mentorship. Whether you're seeking mentorship through career growth, financial literacy, entrepreneurship, Follow My Steps is there to help you seek the best mentor possible to grow in one of these areas. Now, if you want more information, please go to their website, followmysteps.org, or follow their social media presence. That will be through Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Welcome to the Money Curious Podcast. I'm your co-host, Laura, and I'm joined by my co-host, Essien. That's right. If you guys want to learn more about all things finance, whether that be about debt pay down, investing, or any saving tips, you've come to the right place. Today, we are joined by my good friend, Kayshawn Sanders. He's the CEO of a nonprofit called Follow My Steps, and he's also a financial representative. You guys are going to get a lot out of this podcast. He drops a lot of gems. Don't you think so, Laura? I certainly agree. I've enjoyed talking to him um, in our interview, so I can't wait for the listeners to get to know him and get to know all the things he does. Hey, Kayshawn. Welcome to the Money Curious Podcast, man. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks Thanks for having me, for both of you two. Um, I've been listening before in the past. Probably one of my favorite bits of advice was when you talked about how, because um, I've done it before, going to, uh, to a farther gas station just because um you saw the price was cheaper and it just didn't work out when you were trying to penny pitch so trust me um been there learned a lot from that hey man when you're in college you gotta have to do what you gotta do you know every dollar counts a lot more you know what i'm saying but Essien, you weren't in college when you did that (laughs) (laughs) you were working a full-time job (laughs) those habits from college right (laughs) habits are hard to break yeah i feel that (laughs) Look, Keishawn, man, we're really glad to have, have you here. Um, for those of you who don't know, Keishawn and I, we met in undergrad over at UMass Dartmouth, and we always had these long conversations about what we want to do in the future and what we want to do after we get out of school. And there were always really exciting conversations. Uh, but, Keishawn, I'm, I'm going to leave it up to you. Uh, give us a quick background, who you are, what you do, uh, anything like that. Besides being that uh, guy who's always coming up with uh, out-of-the-world business ideas, uh, like <laughs> SCN had mentioned, we had, would come up, we'd be in a library talking about different ideas, but um, I'm a guy right now that's trying to get individuals to uh, look at things in a different light, uh, treat themselves like a business, understand that um, one, planning is key, and it's not just financial planning, but it's just life planning. You know, um, Right now, I work as a financial service professional, and I, if you would ask me if five years ago, would I be doing this? No. But, you know, um, things happen in life and you learn a lot from it. But just kind of roll with the punches and try to inspire people along the way and just meet, continue to meet people. You know, you never know how things shape out. I would, ne- I would not be in the position I am right now if I didn't meet the individuals that I've met along the way. You know, so I've learned a lot and I've definitely, um, you know, just continue to network, continue to connect with other, other individuals. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. All right. So uh, you said you're a financial uh, services representative. Can you explain exactly what that means for those of us who don't know? 
Uh, for some people, it could be, mean a lot of things. So uh, okay. you see people on Facebook or uh, they call themselves credit specialists, but they also say they're like financial service professionals. Uh, but um, anyone who's in the business and they are affiliated with uh, certain companies, whether it be an insurance company or, you know, a brokerage firm, <clears throat> financial service professional is someone who's um, went through the licensing of health, ins- health insurance, life insurance, or um, a f- took a FINRA test. So that could be a Series 6, a Series 7, 66, 63, 65. Um, taking those exams and sitting for it and studying for it, uh, that's what gets you that type of de- designation. So is that like the, you said insurance, uh, kind of like insurance certification, if I understood correctly, kind of um, those actuarial exams that I sometimes hear about, is that something similar or completely different? Um, so actuari- actuarial, no, uh, well, it's not like, like life insurance is will be its own test, but um, for like when I when I say like insurance, I mean like okay, like the life insurance exam. In order for, to sell life insurance to certain states to other people, you take that test, and the same thing for health insurance, and you gotta you know study the long book and go all these practice que- uh, questions and whatnot, and pay for the you know the the course to help you pass it. But um, yeah, same thing with the uh, Finra test. Yeah. So I have to ask, what made you motivated to? get a series seven and then be a financial representative like what was the impetus for that because i remember when you and i used to talk all the time you, you never mentioned this like you said this, if somebody asked you asked you if you were going to do this a few years ago you would have said no so what was something that you know catapulted this career move honestly uh so before i started this i was a manufacturing supervisor that's why i said that you know it's weird how life kind of like you know uh life like how life kind of like takes a turn but um before that i um noticed that as a supervisor i had a ton of employees kept coming coming up to me uh like begging me for overtime but they i know their paychecks you know how much they make because it's, it's a union shop and i'm like these guys are making like 1500 a week why are they coming to me next week with for more overtime like they just they're living check to check and they're saying they're broke and it was just <laughs> repetitively you know over the years and i'll never forget that i had a. Um, one of my manufacturing uh, managers, um, he ended up leaving uh, that company, and then he actually just left being a manufacturing manager at, um, at all. And they they make over, you know, they can make up like two hundred thousand dollars. So you know, you're like, I'm like, this guy left this to do something else. <clears throat> and then, long story short, I just talked to him, and, and I had a great conversation with him. He invited me down to the firm, and it was, you know, just a great conversation. He was talking about like this, I get more purpose out of rather than just dealing with numbers and production and people. You know, and that's not this is not to knock being a manufacturing supervisor. It just showed me a different purpose. You know, it showed me everything's not monetary, even though you could make a lot of money doing this. You know, and there's a good amount of people that do. But um, that wasn't it for me. It just kind of, you know, filled a different void that I kind of suppressed because being young and hungry out of college, you just want to make as much money as you can move up and just keep, you know, just stockpiling, go on vacations, do, you know, right. try to live that life if you're making good money doing yeah. it. Yeah. But, you know, when, when I thought about it, I was like, wow, there's a lot of people that don't know this. You know, when I started learning more, wow, there's a lot of people that would benefit from hearing this information, but they're not privy to it because they're not the type of clients that would fit the bill. You know what I mean? They're not, mm-hmm. uh, they, if they're not making gaudy numbers or this, this type of salary, they're not being approached, you know, because people kind of they stereotype individuals that work at manufacturing factories because it's a blue collar work. 
you know? So, um, I realized that I can bring this to my community, bring this to my friends, my family, the information and, and just try to, you know, help better them to better so they can better themselves. So you essentially took a chance, you know, you, you could pretend, you knew you could potentially make more money or you could potentially make less money, but either way you wanted to make an impact and that was going to be more fulfilling for you. If I understood that correctly. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, I could easily go to um, a different manufacturer and, and pick up and be a manufacturing supervisor again. But, you know, I feel like the knowledge that I've learned, even just this far, and I still obviously have a ways to go, it's just invaluable. You know, it's priceless. It's, it's something that I honestly I wish I would have made the leap earlier. And uh, now as I get, you know, more knowledgeable in this field, I'm looking back at foolish things I've done, you know, uh, and I thought I was really good with my money. You know, um, I graduated, had low debt uh, and paid off my car and just just a lot of stuff like that. I thought I thought it was really good. And then this is just like a wake up call. It's like, come on now. Now, this is a different ball game. These are people who know every rule about, on every rule and they, they're really good at it. You know, that's pretty awesome. Keisha, I wanted to ask you. You had mentioned before that you were growing your network, like you met this person that ex basically exposed you to this field. How much do you agree on the saying that they, that goes, um, your network is your net worth? How much? So I, I believe there's, there's, a, there's truth to that, but, it, but it also, it's, it's the, um, it's the person, it's the individual. So, so for me, like you're not gonna, you can have the biggest network, you know? Um, but if you don't, if you're not willing to put the work in, to like, mm -hmm. like reach that desired goal or like whatever you're trying to, you know, like, um, whatever, whatever goal, whatever bar you're trying to reach, then, then I don't care how big your network is. I'll outwork you. That, that, that was my mindset in college and my mindset and, you know, just, just going into, you know, the working field. There was people who had a bigger network than me, but I was outworking them, you know, and now that I realize that you can do both, you know, it's, it's, it's game over. So now your growth is uh, just exponential when you, when you combine those two. Exactly. So I've, I've seen a lot of people where they know a lot of people, but okay, you know, a lot of people, but you don't have the same ambition. You're not going to move, you know, as hard as somebody who's hungry and just, they don't, they don't, they don't have that circle of friends that, you know, uh, can get them, you know, their levers to certain situations and give them that expertise that help in hand, but they will outwork you and they will, they'll get there. And then when they catch up to you, man, it's good luck catching them. <laughs> Kishana, I gotta, I gotta say this, like, I think you and I think very similarly in where we don't just believe in blanket statements, like your network is your, is your net worth. You just, instead of just answering that and saying yes, you actually sat there and thought about it and said, ah, that's not entirely true. You have to give the saying some context, right? So you just said that if you have a huge network, but you're not willing to work, you're not going to actually see an increase in your net worth. Right. Even if you have high um, achieving individuals in your network, a huge, uh, saying that I, I always hear people say is that your, your knowledge is power, right? And if knowledge isn't followed up by action, then it's not going to be power, right? If you, yeah. if you just have a bunch of, if you read a bunch of books, you listen to a bunch of podcasts about a certain subject and you don't act on it, then it's essentially useless, right? So I just want to point that out. I, I don't like when people just say random sayings and then don't give any context to it. You know what I mean? Like I, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. So I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. No, I agree with you because, yeah, like you said, uh, applied knowledge is power. Exactly. You know? So you got to yes, you got to put it in motion. <clears throat> Someone quote Keishon on that: "Applied knowledge is power" by Keishon Sanders. <laughs> oh no, I, I stole that. I stole that. Thinking grow rich. Thinking grow rich. <laughs> <laughs> Slash Keishon. Slash Keishon. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, first, I wanted to also get into a little bit about what you do 
not just at work, but also you, like we talked about you wanting to make an impact and you have a nonprofit that you've started. Uh, can you give us some, a summary about what it's about? What is its mission statement and what is it called? Yeah, so the uh, uh, nonprofit is called Follow My Steps. Um, and the reason why it's called Follow My Steps is our overall mission is to help youth in under-resourced communities by providing them, with, providing them with mentorship, career skills, professional development, which includes, you know, lessons about financial literacy. So we, we really believe in the fact that um, if, the, if a youth is exposed to a variety of different things and they have a mentor that um, is in one of their fields of interest, that they're going to be 10 times better you know, have a, have a, have a, an advantage in a situation, especially if they're coming from these under-resourced communities where they're kind of written off and they're treated like uh, statistics and whatnot. Uh, but they're going to have a, uh, have an advantage when it comes to their peers because of the fact that they know how it feels to be in these communities. They want to get out. They want to do better. So they're, they're going to reach out to their mentor. They're going to reach out for, you know, these lessons and really take, take advantage and take heed of this advice. Uh, so our overall mission was just just that, you know, just getting 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 uh, attention to the youth and getting more mentors and and, uh, you know, people just willing to give you know, a moment of their time. It started when um, like last year I was actually in um, the uh, living room of the vice president. Uh, his name is Tyrone. And he um, we were just going back and forth talking about how like social tensions are at an all time high. And we, we asked each other, well, what can we do? And from there, it came into this whole thing about, okay, let's, let's, let's make a scholarship. And then I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, we could do that. But, you know, when we thought about it, we were like, eh, that's like the American way. You throw money at a problem and you hope that it, it fixes itself, you know, but uh, let's do more because if I can give somebody, <clears throat> if I can give somebody money, but if I teach them how to use it, that's much better than just giving them money. Um, if I teach them about, you know, loans or I teach them about whatever the case may be, whatever that money's for, if you teach them about it. So the mentoring piece came to, came to play. Next was mentoring. All right, cool. But we went to college with a bunch of people in different majors. There's going to be kids going to college just like us. Why not tap on the shoulder of people we graduated with, friends and families that can do the same thing. And the kids are legit following in our steps. So follow my steps. The name came to be and everything just started forming. And, you know, Essien, you know, was right on board. He was like, OK, you know, what can we do? So uh, the financial literacy piece, you know, the things that we've talked about, our uh, business ventures that we would that we have a million ideas that, you know, we should have launched years ago. But we, we didn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One day, <laughs> man. <laughs> One day. But stuff like that, there are kids with that type of ambition and then they just let it die. They just stop, you know, and um, we just realized that we have to do more. So being a mentor to a kid, help facilitating their dream and making sure they have somebody hear them out. You know, when all all that school, they're being told no or, you know, at home, they're being told no, wherever, you know, we want to make sure that they hear. Yes. Yeah, you can do it because I've done it. Here was my here was my road. Here is my obstacles. And, you know, I can show you the path. You know, it's just up to you to take it. And it's up to you. If this looks like something you want to do, then I support you, you know, and we will give you the resources on the way. But again, you have to put the work in. So now that kid has that network. Now he has to put the work in to get there. You know what I mean? So that's where it kind of goes back to our earlier statement. So when you were younger, did you have a mentor growing up or was that like something you wish you had? And that was why you wanted to start this with Tyrone. Or did you already have it and you realize the power of it and you're like, oh, we need to spread this knowledge to other people that you, a mentorship is crucial to your development? 
when I was younger, I had a series of mentors, but I had a, had an overall person that was the most influential in my life, which was my mother. So my mother, when I was 12, uh, she had uh, stomach cancer. So it was it was a real you know tough ordeal because it was a 50 50 shot for her, you know, and her cancer was actually scheduled before my like before my 12th birthday so when I was 11. And that was one of the scariest things is because, you know, right before your birthday, you don't know if your mom's going to you know make it out of it or not. So um, watching her go through. Uh, chemo, go through cancer, uh, be weak and still put food on the table. When it came to like dealing with problems and things like that, I just always kept it to myself because then I'm like, look, I would come to my mom ready to tell her about a problem. And then I look at her, I'm like, she fighting cancer. I can't tell her about it. Tell her about it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm worried about this or I'm stressing about that. And it built, built up something in my mind to the point where, um, I just committed to, committed to myself. I was like, listen, you know, my mom's pushing, pushing out of this, she beat cancer. I have to, I have to constantly conquer my own problems. And, and for me, that, that helped push me through a lot of things because it made me the person who I am today. But, um, nonetheless, when I just start reaching different levels or whether it be like high school, it was a different person that, you know, I, I looked at and I admired something about them. Um, I remember even like with interviews, um, Will Smith, the way he carried himself, the way he would talk in interviews, his, the way he was charismatic. I remember I, I would just yeah, copy that. Like as, as, as a kid, every interview, I made sure to copy it, you know, and I made sure to just keep that mentality. And then, you know, that's how I ended up getting jobs to help me pay for college, to help me do things. And, and it, it worked out. And then in college, I met um, one of a really good advisor and uh, I met a lot of great people and I just did the same thing. So I, I looked at it like an opportunity to, to learn something from someone else that I admired and take that skill and make it my own and, you know, do the same thing. So I'm, I'm always getting mentored. You know, it's just that what level of life. And I think there's great power in like having a mentor that looks like you. For example, for me, when I was growing up, it was really hard besides having my mom or my dad as a mentor in some way to conquer high school or then to conquer college because I didn't see somebody that looked like me or represented what I represented, like either on screen. Like I didn't see someone in the movies who did that. So I didn't reference, like I didn't look at Will Smith and be like, oh yeah, I'm inspired by him. Although he's, you know, he does do some inspirational things. Um, I didn't have like that female representation or that Latina representation. Um, And for me, it was like really hard to find that mentor. And I think that even now I struggle with figuring out how to build that relationship with a mentor and what is my position as a mentee. And so when you said, oh, like I look up to Will Smith, I'm like, I wish I looked up to Will Smith or I don't know, Beyonce or something, someone that gave me power, someone that gave me motivation to say like, yeah, I can totally do that and not give myself limitations um, either in high school or in college to to basically say, I'm going to go get that job or I'm going to go get that scholarship or uh, I'm going to network my way up some, some way somehow. So I think what you're doing with Follow My Steps is incredible. Um, I think it's, I hope that it inspires the youth because as an unrepresented, um, I guess, statistic in the United States, um, I think it's needed. I don't want to be underrepresented anymore. I don't want to be a number in some census report or in some educational annual report. I want to be Laura, the, like, a female Latina doing whatever it is she wants to do, you know? No, that makes perfect sense. And uh, to that point, 
like because you know, there was a lot of things like uh, w- when I was looking at these mentors and it wasn't like a, a mentor where they were going to guide me in everything in life. But um, one of the things actually, you know, talking to my girlfriend about and we always have these like deeper conversations where um, we just kind of like talk about different things. And, and I always I'm I'm really big on like roles. So like I feel like different people, friends, family in your life have a role. So like when I was looking up to like Will Smith, I was like, okay, I like the way he talks, but it might not be. I'm not trying to be a rapper, so I'm not going to follow him for that. But you know, like I'm 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 really avid about you know like trying to build up you know my dialect, how I talk, and things like that. Um, as a kid, I used to stutter really really bad, and I, I had to slow myself down and learn certain things. But it's these roles that everyone pay, plays in your life. So there, some people play big roles, some people play smaller roles. But there's, you know, like you have friends that are just your funny friends, friends that you can go to for laughs and you can just kick back and reminisce about the good old days. And those are great. You know, it's not you don't shy away from those friends, but you just know what role they play in your life. You can't ask that friend to go out and then have these five hour conversation in the library about business ideas, you know, like, you know, like, like how we used to do that. So you can't invite those people, but <laughs> no. you can invite that person to kick back and watch pizza and, and you know, watch the game and just have to have, you know, have that nice moment. And I feel like everyone puts pressure on individuals to start, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to cut this person out of my life. No, you don't cut them out of your life. They, they just fit this role. So you know who that person was. So that person was the funny person. Now there's that person, the business person. And so the business person isn't always a funny person, you know. So so you have to have that nice mixture of who you want to go to in certain things. And then, then again, another thing in, in, a, in our community is mental health. So um, there are certain people who can't fill certain roles. And I realize that about myself. I'm not a person who um, is that open about it. And I, and I haven't experienced a lot with it. So uh, when someone's going through something like they know that that's not my role. Like I, occasionally I can't come to you with this and I don't take offense to that because I'm like, okay, you're, you're right. Because so-and-so is probably better, better suited for that. So I feel like we just need to understand in life. There, there are roles that everyone plays, you know, in someone else's life and you have to be, you know, aware of that and respectful of that and don't take it to heart. Like some people get mad, but you didn't come to me with this problem. You didn't come to me with your problem. You were struggling with this. It's like, yeah, but you know, like I went to someone who is better suited for that role. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, I forget who said it, but it's like you can learn anything from everyone. Anything yeah. you want to learn, you can learn from anyone. Whether it be like you said, how to improve how you speak with Will Smith, or if you have friends that are really funny, if you want to learn how to be funny, or if you just want a laugh, you can go to them for that. So that's that's an excellent point. Um, another thing I wanted to wanted to talk about was you know the role of a mentor. Right. And follow my foot, follow my steps. We have people in certain roles who are supposed to mentor the youth in certain areas. Right. And you just touched upon this. It's great that follow my steps is organized in a way where if I want to learn about engineering, I go to the person who's better suited for that role. If I want to learn about financial literacy, first I go to Money Curious Podcast, then I go to follow my steps <laughs> <laughs> and also hit up hit up SCN or anybody else that's in that role. So I think that, that was an excellent point. And I think that's what I love about follow my steps is because it's going to be this platform or this entity where if someone really wanted to learn something or get mentored in a certain way and they want to go towards a certain path, then they can just go to follow my steps. The a teacher or a parent can assign them to follow my steps, to assign them to a certain mentor based on what they want to do. And it creates almost like this uh, checks and balances, right? So if you want to be something, you don't know if you're on the right path. 
Whereas if you had a mentor, he can kind of he or she can kind of guide you in that direction, let you know, hey, man, you are actually going on the right path or no, don't go left. Go right. This is what you want to do. No, that's perfect. Um, and I would just be telling you to apply that in your life, too, you know, because um, you're going to meet different people along the way and people that, you know, might not necessarily seem like they'd be, you know, a great fit for you. And then they've ended up being like lifelong friends. But, you know, just don't put expectations on a person or try to make a person something that they don't necessarily fit with, because that's that's what makes us all unique is that we're all different and we bring a different perspective. You know, that's why I love having conversations, deep conversations with, you know, a variety of different people, because at the end of the day, I'm stubborn. So if you can present to me a different argument, I want to see your 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 point of view and I'm going to see, OK, like this is my point of view. And if we can come in a happy medium or even if we don't, you know, at the end of the day, we had a great conversation. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like um, just understanding that piece of it, you know, will help people, you know, a long way. Definitely. That's that's awesome. Kayshawn. I think what you're doing is we're. It's going to really impact the community. Where are you uh, mostly located? Like, what's your main source of, um, I guess, target area for students or youth? So for the nonprofit, we are in Springfield, Boston, and Brockton. And we are trying, we are not trying, we are going to expand. We are expanding currently. But uh, right now, uh, with Zoom being everyone's best friend, that's, that, that, that allows us to keep expanding. But we really want to make sure that we have a sound system before we just start, you know, let's go to New York, let's go to Chicago, let's go to these areas with these kids that are in this situation where, you know, they're, they're really going through it, you know, and, and, and not enough attention is being paid on them. But we want to attack those areas. But right now we want to make sure our system works. We want to validate everything. We want to have the mentors in place. Make sure that every mentor in our program understands that it is, you know, focused on that youth. You know, we need to help guide them. But at the same time, we're building the youth to be young professionals. So that's why we have the youth book time with a mentor and not the other way around. So they need to make time on the mentor schedule. So if, if the mentor is only available Saturday 10 to 11, guess what? They got to make Saturday 10 to 11 work. You know, so it's 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 that type of system, because end of the day, if somebody's giving you an opportunity, or it's a job interview and they say be here at this time, you got to be there, be there at that time. So it's the same thing. So we want to make sure they have the same mindset. That's good. You're teaching them early. <laughs> <laughs> they have to, you know, because uh, being a manufacturing supervisor, I realize so many bad habits for for guys and employees and once you have those bad habits it takes you know pretty much half a lifetime to break them because it's you've already been doing it for so long you're accustomed to it so you just want to kind of stop that while they're you know younger you know so to speak and and really build great ones you know so that and that, that can set them off on the right foot gotcha so you're mostly located in the massachusetts in massachusetts in those three cities that you mentioned okay gotcha i'm looking forward to when you expand, um, looking forward, if you expand in New Jersey, hit me up. I'll be, <laughs> or in Michigan, one or the other. I would be really happy to become a mentor. Hey, that's why we have virtual mentors. You can, you, you can do it today or tomorrow whenever oh, you want. So, okay. Yeah, so uh, everyone can apply on followmystepsorg Our website is currently being revamped. We actually just re- received a $10,000 grant. Um, from this uh, company called Flipcause, which is one of our partners, uh, new partners, and um, they're revamping our website. So they're taking care of all that for us and helping us with uh, don- uh, facilitate more donations and whatnot. So uh, we've been, like I said, just strides, moving strides. Um, it's it's great getting the, getting the attention, but uh, more or less, it's it's just nice to get some helping hand every now and then. Definitely, definitely. I'll send you the link, Laura. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Hey listeners, you've reached the end of another great episode of the Money Curious Podcast. 
go ahead and share that episode with your friends, your family, on your social media platforms, and also make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. With that, we'll see you next time.